0: Grace and peace to you from God our Father from His Son our Savior the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit whose cause to be written for our learning the scripture upon which I would like to share with you this morning. It's from the sixth chapter of Paul's epistle uh, his letter to the Christians at Ephesus. There beginning with verse 10. Finally in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. as given to us by our gracious Lord, His Spirit moving the Apostle to record it. About six days from now, we would uh, come upon a a particularly special day, a day that, by the way, we mark in this society as something that has has, uh, become rather... Oh, I want to say ugly. Uh, Kids have a great time with it, and so do their parents, of course. It's called Halloween. That's on the 31st of the month, right? Usually, that's usually when it falls. Well, I I want to say to you, and you've probably heard it before, but I reinforce it. Um, Hallowed Eve. Do you know that term? Hallowed Eve. That would be the night before the 1st of November. November 1st is All Saints Day and has been a long time before you and I were born. Hallowed Eve is the night before All Saints Day. Isn't it interesting? Hallowed Eve. Halloween. And this hallowed, holy Eve set aside, it has become something quite different for our society. On that very day, 503 years ago, oh, you can almost remember that day, can't you? (laughs) Somebody who gives us part of our name, namely a guy by the name of Martin Luther, Martin Luther on that day 503 years ago stood up for his Lord, for what his study of the Holy Word of God had brought him, had convicted him in his heart and his very being. I would have to say this is one of the most gifted men that ever lived on the face of the earth. If you ever, if you ever have any question about that, do a little research on Martin Luther. What God used him to do for the church, of course, is something we are all grateful for, even here today, as we mark the Reformation. Reformation, the reformation of the church, which began, well, actually began days, weeks, months prior to the time when Luther pounded that nail into the church door there in Wittenberg, on the 31st of October, 503 years ago. It's part of our Christian heritage, part of who we are. We call ourselves Lutherans. He didn't like that, by the way. I don't know if you realize that. He didn't want people calling themselves after his own name. And that's quite clear by the the historical account. But most people who know that name and who claim it for themselves come to understand a little bit why that is. We rehearse some of that here today. Most remember, for instance, as I've already indicated, that on that particular day in history, he went to the church door and there he pounded on the church door an announcement, his thesis. That is, the things he had been studying and came to believe and understand about the Word of God. He nailed those theses to the church door in Wittenberg because, well, because there's no other way to communicate with a lot of people. That was it. That was the bulletin board of the day. That was the internet of the day. That's how he got it out to people. Interesting, isn't it, that just at that time, another guy was developing something that allowed the distribution of ideas. The guy who invented the printing press lived in that very age and God used it. God used it to distribute now the Word, the Holy Word of God, which had been studied by Luther and brought him to that conviction stating his confession. You also need to know that because he did that, Luther by the church of his day was excommunicated Those things he wrote and put on that door were so uh, uncomfortable for the church leaders of the day that they made the decision that they would call him a heretic. That is a person who teaches falsely from what the church in that day held. Six months later, the emperor, now this is the governmental official, Charles V, he Six months after this happened, after the door incident, he decided that there should be a, a meeting. The, the city in which the meeting took place, some of you could tell me, I'm sure, is Worms. We would, you know, look at that and say, Worms? Well, that's the same spelling, but it was a capital W because that's the name of the community. And he said, we're going to have a diet there. We're going to have a meeting there. We're going to consider Luther's case. So here we got government officials and church officials working in the same area of thinking. Luther's case. He was asked to recant. Now that's not a word you use too often. I think legal people would know it better than we. That is to take back, to rescind, if you will, what you have said before. That's what they ask him to do at this diet, at this meeting in the city of Worms back there in Germany over 500 years ago. There, however, Luther, before these officials, the top officials of church and state, remember, made his historic and dramatic reply to the request that he recant. He said this, probably a lot more than this, but I give you some of it. Unless I am convinced by Scripture and plain reason, my conscience is captive to the Word of God, I cannot and will not recant anything. For to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand. I cannot do otherwise. God help me. Amen. That was his defense. Luther had obeyed the admonition of the Apostle Paul to take a stand. In our text, we're told, verse 13, put on the whole armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Paul urged the Galatians in another portion of the New Testament, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Our world encourages compromise and false tolerance. It's like anything goes. You know it. You live in it. As do I. We're called to join Luther that day and to take a stand. Take a stand, my friends, against, first of all, against the evil one and against the evil of our day. Evil flourishes on account of the failure of God's people to do anything about it. That's us. Christians, verse 12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So far, verse 12. We must, as Scripture encourages, fight the good fight with all our might. Luther took a stand against the enemies, enemies of the gospel. He was against indulgences. That is, against Can you imagine the selling of forgiveness and salvation? They needed money in Rome to take care of the big church. So the word went out, sell forgiveness, get some money in here, we need it. We need it to take care of our facility. Selling forgiveness. You can understand, somebody of faith would have trouble with that idea. So Luther stood. His cry was that of the Apostle Paul, by grace are ye saved, and that of faith. He was against the mechanical use of the sacraments and against putting tradition above the Bible. Now, those are two things that can happen so easily, even to us. Just doing the sacrament to do it and not to prepare and to receive the blessings that God gives, that's the mechanical use. And putting tradition above the Bible, yeah, sometimes we slip over into that area too. In our time, we need to take a stand against the evils of our generation. Well, there are many. I couldn't begin to list them all. You know that. They are many. Astrology, Scientology, cultism. Against secular humanism and pluralism. It's, it's our Christian duty to stand against the moral corruption of our time. What is that? Yeah, it's, it, it's gambling. It's interesting to me that when my dear wife and I were, by the call of God, to come to South Wisconsin in 1985, uh, there was no legal Gambling. Can you imagine? That's not that long ago. And what has happened? I worked hard in my duties as a part of the district office to provide to congregations tools and instruments to help take a fight against that thing being approved. And you know the results. It's been approved, it's commonplace. We don't even stop and think about it anymore. And unfortunately, we also are tempted and sometimes fall into the temptation of participating, gambling. Drug and alcohol addiction. Oh, well. (sighs) Sexual perversion. A part of our lives. Pornography. Feeding into it. Political corruption. Oh, my. What a time. And the devaluation of human life, you know what that's about. That precious great-grandson that I held the other day. (laughs) And those lives wiped out before they're even born? Brothers and sisters, we have to join our hands and we have to take a stand. We have to take a stand against the subtle, sometimes not so subtle, Satanic influences to be found within the visible church today. Pretty much I've talked about outside of the church, but inside of the church it's here too. These things can seep even into our hearts and minds and erode the effectiveness of our congregations. We must stand against self-seeking decisions. We must stand against indifference, laziness. We must stand against the I've done my share philosophy. Oh, we all get tempted by that. We've got to stand against the idea that the church is to serve its own members and its own building when both of those exist for the good of those on the outside. Scripture says so clearly, we must also beware of the sin that so easily besets That means you each have one, or two, or four, or ten, as I do. Beware of the sin that so easily besets us, so said the Word of God. So we take a stand against, but we also take a stand, my friends, for, for what is, what is righteous and good, be courageous, and stand for the truth, which is a, is our Lord Jesus alive among us. He's God's gift. He's God's magnificent gift. He's given himself as a blood sacrifice for our sins. Maybe we could use the red that adorns our church this morning to remind us the shedding blood of our Savior. That is the truth of the gospel. To confess the truth of the gospel is to take a a stand for the truth. Text, verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. In the period of the Reformation, early 1500s, there was another Martin. His name was Martin of Basel. He was convinced of the truth that Martin Luther also was convinced of. But he was afraid. He was afraid to confess it publicly. We know that fear, right? We can identify with that. He wrote his confession on a piece of parchment. Oh, most merciful Christ, I know that I can be saved only by the merit of Thy holy blood. Holy Jesus, I acknowledge Thy sufferings for me. I love thee, I love thee. So the quote. Quite fitting, huh? Oh yeah, I'd like to be able to say that myself. Quite fitting. It fit also the the stand of the Reformation. That other Martin that we mentioned earlier today. Yeah, it would have fit in there quite well. Unfortunately, that piece of parchment wasn't found until a hundred years later. You're getting the point, aren't you? Contrast that, that Martin of Basel and his wonderful confession, which was buried because he was afraid to make it public. Contrast that with the Luther who once said, my Lord has confessed me by, before men. I will not shrink from confessing him before kings. And so we mark this day. We who use his name. He wasn't glad about that, in case you'd never heard that before. He wasn't glad that people said, I'm a Lutheran. He wanted it be, to be different than that. It was not to honor him. And yet you see, it has lasted all these years. Isn't that something? And we got Lutheran High School. We have Martin Luther High School. Imagine that. Here, 500 years later. What we stand against and what we stand for depends ultimately upon where we stand. That is, what we stand upon. Where do we stand? And with whom do we stand? Jesus asked Judas at that time of betrayal, Why are you here? In the psalm, the very first psalm, we're told that God's person does not stand in the way of sinners. Where and on what do we stand? Fellow Christians, stand on the word. We sing God's word as our great heritage. Great hymn. Well said. Here is where Luther stood. My conscience is bound to the word of God, he said. It gave him courage and certainty. Jesus said to his father, Thy word is truth. Stand on that truth. The powerful, inerrant word of God. Stand on the promises of God found in that word. Do you know how many times? 33,000 promises. Someone took the time to count them. Isn't that amazing? God can be trusted to keep his word. God's promises are sure. Verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Stand on the Word incarnate, the Word made flesh. We sing, On Christ the solid rock I stand. He's the rock of ages. He who is loving and forgiving, caring and willing to die for us is also stable, secure and eternal. Do more than just Speak, I believe in Jesus Christ. Stand firm on that Christ when you confess. You cannot stand alone. You must stand on Him. Remember, with might of ours cannot be done. For us fights the valiant one. Who is this? Jesus Christ it is and there's none other God. Thank you to the poet who gave us that expression. Moses told the people, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord. My friends, stand firm on the incarnate Word, even Jesus Christ. Put on the whole armor of God and take a stand. Of our text, verses 15 and 17. Stand firm with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is in fact the word of God. So the text. Take your stand. Take your stand in an offensive position. A pointing posture. Point people. Point them Point them to Him. Yes, to Jesus. He is God's magnificent gift to you, to me, and to them. Positive posture. Pointing them towards God's magnificent gift given in the person of His own Son so that all can stand firm and tall. And point people to him. So the gospel of our Lord Jesus. And God's people said. Amen. And God's people said. Amen. Amen indeed. May the peace of God which far surpasses. All of our human understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds. In that same Lord Jesus Christ.